and welcome to another episode of the Spacemen from Pluto podcast. I'm your host today, Christian, and joining me as usual is... Ben. Dan. And James. And as you can see, I am live at the Oscars. <laughs> wow, um, the glitz and glamour. <laughs> yeah, bringing, bringing you exclusive material um, from, you know, I, I might be a couple days too late, but... It, it's still live and it's still at the Oscars. <laughs> it's looking so. about as busy as it was on the night. To be oh! <laughs> we so love to joke. see it. Oscars <laughs> very minimal this year. Anyway, carry on. Sorry, Christian. Uh, so if you've not guessed, today we're going to talk about the Oscars. Because they've just passed. Uh, we sat down and we watched all eight of the Best Picture nominations. Um as well as us having seen a couple of the others that were nominated. So we're going to talk about them, what we thought of the winners, um, and then it's a bit of a packed episode, probably going to be a longer one, because we've also got to talk about the fact that Falcon and Winter Soldier is wrapped up, so we're going to talk about that, and uh, how the season went as a whole and the season finale. And Mortal Kombat came out last Friday, so we're going to talk about that. There's a lot to talk about, it's a bumper episode. Big Strap in, episode. get yourself a nice brew or whatever you you know drink of choices, yeah. maybe a biscuit. Settle in and just enjoy our podcast. It's going to be about two and a half hours long. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, as usual, you know if you want to skip ahead to certain bits we've mentioned, time codes will be in the description. So if you want yeah, to go well. straight from Mortal Kombat, Falcon and Soldier, you can. The Oscars 2021. Let's get into it. What did what what did we think? <laughs> it, it's a bit. Where do we start? Yeah, I was going to say, there's... Do you know what I thought, Christian? I liked it, and I subscribed to it, just like the viewers should of this podcast. Kind of works. Because he didn't say uh, that. (laughs) For audio listeners, uh, I've noticed we've gained a few subscribers there last week. Um, In order to carry on getting our podcasts on Apple Music and Spotify, etc., etc., just click the little subscribe button, and you won't miss anything then. You'll hear every single opinion we have. And hey, if you are an audio listener, don't forget to give us, you know, rate us on iTunes, leave a little review, tell it, let us yeah. know. Obviously five stars, because we're sick. Thanks to everyone who's rated so far. Yeah. Yeah. Should, we start, should we start at the top? Because as we said, we watched all of the best pictures film. Yeah, yeah. Nomadland picked it up. What do we think of that? Oh, this is, this is going to be an interesting one, because I saw what Ben rated the film after he watched it, and I saw what you rated it. So I'm quite interested to see what people thought of Nomadland. So I, I, uh, the day I watched it, I'd been at Alton Towers all day, and I had to get up at a time I had not seen in a long time. <laughs> long time, yes. And so I was pretty tired. I was really tired, and it was I, I, it was the first time I've like stopped all day and sat down, and I was really tired. And I, I can't, I don't know, man. It might have been just the wrong film for the wrong time. Uh, Dan especially, I, I just couldn't get into it. As the host, yeah. I will say now, we will be spoiling these films. Um, maybe a little bit, maybe a lot. But we, we, we kind of need to talk about them to talk about how well people acted and how well it was shot. And if we just just if we think it was a good or bad film in the first place, so we are we are going to be spoiling these. I I just I just couldn't get into Nomadland, and it, and then like 
because I, I couldn't get into like Francis's character, you then just notice it. I think James may have made a similar point about a, a video we recorded that isn't out yet about like because you can't get into it, you just kind of just see it. You, uh, like so, it was just scene after scene of Francis Vistor just wandering around. Yeah. With a tin can <laughs> of being someone else, and I was like, "Ugh, I it's, get it." With <laughs> films that are so character-driven like this, if you like the character, then that's great. But if you don't, the film's done for you already. Doesn't yeah, matter what they do got, with it, you can't. Whereas I, I, I really liked her. It. I got really into a character. I thought she was really lovely. I enjoyed spending time with her. So I really quite liked this film. Yeah, oh, I don't think I gave it enough of a chance to be honest with you, because like Ben said, it was just. I think we were both separately and just mm. not in the mood i think we were both suffering from kind of fatigue of just watching some pretty like challenging uh films uh this week because we watched all the best picture nominees and some of them were quite difficult to watch at points and then we got to nomadland and it's like it was just a bit like it was just a bit too much Os- like of an oscar bait type film and I just couldn't engage with it at all. I, you, I, you borderline. I had to talk you back into not walking out of it. Yeah. He was halfway out the room with his laptop in his hand, and I was like, you know, "Come back, <laughs> we got to like, sit through it." To do, man. It's like I've got better things to do than watch this film. I'm, I'm, I don't think it was a. I don't think it was a bad film, but it's just one of those where you really have to be in a specific state of mind, yeah. and you really have to be ready to just sit down. Like, it's not one of these films you can just be on your phone drawing and just kind of have other things going on. Not that any film is, you know, but, like, this one, more so than a lot. <laughs> yeah, James is like... Mm, there are some films you can go on your phone through. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah there's, there's a couple. But this one... I think by um, Michael Bay. Yeah, true, true. But this one is very much kind of just soak it in, soak in the, the atmosphere, the characters, the cinematography, the, the sort of minutiae of the, of the plot and... And what what the plot was and what the characters were didn't really amount to enough for me to be interested. There isn't a lot of plot to this film. It is, like I said, very character-driven. And it's kind of just like a little window into this person's life. You see it. The editing's quite frantic. We don't really spend a lot of time lingering on too many scenes because it, it just jumps about, which I quite liked because it, it gave me the sense that these are real people we're watching and we're just watching lots of little snippets and segments but there is stuff going on outside of these bits that we're seeing this this is the same feeling i got from the film um because a lot of people had said oh it it, it can get a little bit depressing i thought it was quite a a positive film to be honest it gave especially like i i came out of watching the father and went (laughs) almost immediately into watching nomadland the father had nearly made me give up and just go straight to bed. Um, yeah. And Nomadland was like a very positive film, uh, but it is—it's not very plot-driven, and it—it it was one of those films where comparing how the trailer kind of showed it to how the actual film was, it felt very similar to the trailer for Nightcrawler a few oh. years ago. Um, to how the actual film was, where Nightcrawler they made it look like it had this big plot, it wasn't really. It was just a look into this sort of seedy underbelly um, of the, the uh, of that lifestyle. where And this was the same thing, but with a more positive outlook on the life of nomads. And it was made even more real by the fact that apart from Francis McDormand and um, I can't remember the other guy's name now, he plays David in the film. 
Yeah, I know, I know um, who you mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Apart from those two, everyone else wasn't an actor. They were all actual nomads. That's cool. I didn't know that. So um, there's the one guy with the big... The great big bushy beard <laughs> with, the, with the white hair. He was my favourite guy. I got the sense there wasn't... Either there wasn't a script or there wasn't a very strict script for a lot of these scenes. It did feel improvised and like it felt more real for that, yeah, which yeah. is pretty cool. I, I was going to say... it. That there was a lot of conversations where mm. the conversations just didn't... They just seemed to be random conversations, and it was clear that that's because they were... Because they weren't using actors, so they didn't try and get them to act. They just got them to just do talk. what they'd normally do. Yeah. It was. It was... I think that's why it, it was kind of off-putting to, for some reason, because it was almost a documentary. Yeah. I did get that. I, I literally, I think at one point I thought it's like, it feels like they've taken a documentary but made it into a film, which was quite cool. I it's weird it. that, because I think even you said, Dan, uh, just make, just watch a documentary. I thought, yeah, I that's what I, I said. Mind. Yeah, I just oh, said, just, just make a documentary rather yeah. than this. But Whereas I, this was great for me, because I'm not a huge documentary fan. I like <laughs> yeah. a bit of fiction um, structure to it, so it, it was great for me. Yeah, I do think I am being probably a little bit unfair on on, on the film because I didn't give it enough attention to really have have much an opinion on it. It was just it was just the fact that it wasn't I wasn't in the mood to watch it. I mm. simply just wasn't you know in the mood and forcing myself through it. I wasn't gonna. It's not the kind of film you can force yourself through and then have like a valid opinion anyway. Yeah. Like you it's just like really... any film that you're kind of fighting against, yeah. you can't. Yeah. It has to be really good to win you over if you're not in the mood for a film. I mean, to be honest, I might have reserved judgment, but I mean. In terms of it winning Best Picture, I don't know what you guys think. Do you do you think it was deserving? It didn't surprise me because it's funny yeah. that you mentioned about it feeling Oscar baity. When I was watching them up to it, literally, I think before I watched this film, it was the next one I had. I remember thinking, "What's really great is none of these have felt like they're desperately trying to win an Oscar." And then I started this one. I went, "Ah, this one does feel like it is going yeah. for Best yeah. Picture, but it feels more like the classic Best Picture." So when it won, I was like. It makes sense. I'm not surprised. It's not what I would have given my personal sort of favourite or best picture to, but it doesn't surprise me that the Academy gave it. I was going to say, I I feel the same way, but going around you guys, who would you have given best picture to? Because for me, by far, and well, by far, and I I liked most of them, if not all of them, but I really had a great time watching Trial of the Chicago 7. I really liked that film. I liked. I love um, films that are sort of based on real events, so it's got a tick for that. It's a good film. Like I don't think anyone can argue that. And it's also quite funny. Like Sasha Baron Cohen and his partner in this have some really good comedic beats. Yeah, I mean, I also enjoy. I also really enjoyed I, the, that film as well. Like I thought yeah, it was yeah. very, very good. It was the most, almost like the most traditional film of the lot, wasn't it? Mm. It was just. A, it, yeah. it wasn't really trying to do anything. Like it wasn't trying to reinvent the wheel or do any or be really profound. It was just. It had its story. It had a historical um, story to tell, and it did it in a very sort of uh, very very good. It was very watchable, way. like incredibly watchable. It was very watchable, yeah. Totally. That's why I'm a bit, I'm a bit shocked it got nominated for best picture. Yeah, it's just like, it's a, it's just a court movie, and you know that's fine, that's cool, but it's not really doing anything new or adding anything to the conversation. Where no. films like I felt like Sound of Metal and The Father, like did something I've never seen before. There might be films out there like that, 
they they did something different and new and kind of moved things forward. Um, sure. I was just like, is it just because it's just Aaron Sorkin and it's an, and it's like based on a real event and it's like the time we're in. And it might that, be. you know, and yeah, it was a good time. Like the it's, it is engaging watch. Like the court scenes are the best scenes. Yeah, and yeah. the judge and all of that is, is yeah. like mental. It, it leaves <laughs> yeah. you thinking yeah. how on how the hell did this actually happen? Like how yeah. is this how is this whole situation even real? You know, the judge was they may have I don't know enough about the case, you know, to my shame. Mm. Um but like they may have taken some dramatic license with the judge, but I don't feel like they've taken because it's a movie and all movies do that but i don't feel like they did 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 much um and the guy was clearly insane like what <laughs> the hell like just making up laws and making up everyone so rev everyone's so like reverential towards this one guy like uh, even though he's clearly in the wrong all the time and going ma- actually going a bit like he seems to be going senile and making up kind of rules as he goes along forgetting people's names and just you know that one scene where he takes um bobby Steele away and like has him essentially beaten up where um while everyone else listens and then march back into the courtroom it's like did that actually happen like how did that actually happen (laughs) i mean it wasn't even that long ago you know it's just it it, it's crazy but it did it did it's you know yeah. 40 years ago? It was like, oh. yeah, yeah. Like, end of the 60s, Just, wasn't it? Yeah, I think. Yeah. It was the same time as Judas and the Black Messiah. I know. Because they not. mentioned yeah, yeah. him in Judas. What, what a great double bill. Yeah, totally. Those two films, mate. Which is I, I, I was watching Judas and I was like, oh, I, I wonder how closely this relates. Um, and um, Daniel Kaluuya's character uh, in Judas and the Black Messiah is the character. Um, who he's the Black Panther who sits behind uh, Bobby Seale in the courtroom oh, in Trial cool. of the Chicago Seven. Did I didn't realize that they're the I same character. I, I, well, same guy. It's yeah. you know, it's the same real person. I just thought, like for me, yeah, my my three favorites were Sound of Metal, not in this order. Sound of Metal, Judas, and the Father. I just thought those three kind of did something a bit different, did something a bit new, well written, really engaging. And I kind of I got why they were nominated, and I think for the win best picture for me is between Judas and Sound of Metal for me. Maybe I give it to Judas. I really quite enjoyed Judas quite a bit. I really didn't. Oh, is that oh, the one? That's oh. the one. Judas and the Black Messiah just didn't grab me. I, I and maybe it was a bit similar to you guys with Nomadland. Of I think it was the third one or the fourth one I'd watched in a day. Like I was having to power through these. It was a bit of fatigue, and then. It didn't really grab me. I just I don't know really know what it was about it. And then the end the end scene's incredible. Again, we'll try not to spoil it too much, but it has a really strong ending. I was like, wow, that was really good, but it had something to say. For me, it just felt like it took too long to say it. Oh, I I find it really engaging the the plot, the idea of this guy infiltrates uh, oh, yeah. the the Black Panthers in that world and I said to you Dan I love that Jesse Plemons is morphing into Philip Seymour Hoffman the order <laughs> he's getting he is turning <laughs> oh into him oh god yeah it's re- yeah, especially yeah. it's even weirder that he played uh, Jesse Plemons played Seymour's son in The Master in that <laughs> film so it's even strange <laughs> that he is morphing into him so that was very cool I find I found it really engaging and I was shocked I don't think it, the score got nominated for best score. I loved the music in it. It was really weird. It was just weird. And I was like, oh, this is so good. But, you know, Soul won for best score, which was Trent and Atticus. And I really like Nine Inch Nails. So 
wicked. Harry Seed nominated for two things, weren't they? Trent Trent Reznor and Atletico. Yeah, yeah, because they were nominated for Mank as well. Was it? Yeah, Mank. Yeah. And along with it, was it Jean Baptiste? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, He he actually did. Check this out, listeners and viewers. If you're into Sonic the Hedgehog, I know James is. Oh. John Baptiste did a, a really good cover of the Green Hill Zone uh, oh, music. That basically someone explained it really, really nicely as like because it's piano based. It's mm. all piano based and very orchestral and everything. And it, it someone explained it as sounding like it's like dropping in on an old friend and seeing that they're, they've changed and they've matured in certain ways but they're still essentially the same person (laughs) it's a really nice way of putting it because it's like it is the green hill zone music and it's kind of aged along with all the people who used to be children who are now older and it's like the music's changed to match as well isn't that nice isn't that nice Anyway, chat out. <laughs> <laughs> While you're talking, Dan, what would you have given your favourite slash best picture vote to? Yeah. Um, I think uh, it is a tough one because I like Trial of the Chicago 7. I liked all the films. I really liked The Father, if you can say like, because it was just a really yeah. tough You liked Mank as well, did film. you? I really liked uh, it. Don't, uh, <laughs> well, no, <laughs> I didn't. Because <laughs> we watched that so long ago and we've sort of like marathoned the rest and so close together. I keep forgetting it was a Best Picture nomination. Yeah. yeah. And the and fact that's... Mank has more Oscars than Citizen Kane. <laughs> wow. Gross. Says it all, doesn't it? Says Gross. It did you hear about, sorry to be slightly digress, but did you hear that uh, Citizen Kane no longer has 100%? I did. Um, I on did. Rotten Tomatoes anymore? Because <laughs> they dug up a review from like 1941. That it was just like little <laughs> known, like tiny little review that someone gave it like a like a bad review and now it's at 99 percent. it got like, bad reviews at the time well that's that's what i thought yeah that's why i didn't get oscars it didn't like it no one liked it at the time well i mean you could just dig up all the reviews then and it could um yeah. you know could, i'd love that get that percentage down about <laughs> like just, just the idea <laughs> of if yeah like just the idea of because if they do dig up all these bad reviews it then like drops below something that's like widely regarded as being bad but for some reason was higher than some people expect like oh Citizen Kane now has a lower rating than Transformers 3 Dark Side of the Moon <laughs> like if, if that ever became a thing it would just be mental it's and like it's why like that, that, that Ron like Tomorrow's that. and I it's just a farce it's just stupid yeah. you can't, yeah, of course. It's you can't a really, really stupid way of... like it's anyone, silly anyone way can it. change the rating you get enough people to downvote it or upvote it and it makes it 100% or if two people vote on a film it makes it 100% it's yeah. just daft. You can't really, you can't listen to those yeah. things. I don't think. Uh-huh. Well, yeah. Going back to um, what I can, what I think the best is, um, I, I'd have to go with Sound of Metal. I think, I think that was probably my personal favourite. Um, That's fair I'm not sure really why. It's like you can't really quantify it with these films. It's like there are certain like little things that m- might appeal to you, and you know, um, with Sound of Metal, uh, it, there was just it, it just had there was just the vibe all the way through it that I I kind of enjoyed or yeah. sort of connected with more than the other other films yeah. um it was uh, i really enjoyed riz ahmed's performance um he, you know the fact he learnt sign language for the, the film is is one thing but you know he was also really good he was also just generally really good and kind of a, an interesting kind of complex sort of character like post addiction you don't really see someone who's like at that point. Like I, I, I did think throughout the film that 
he was going to have like a relapse and this was going to be like a blinchment of plot or something like that and it was going to go down that route but it didn't it was just an aspect of his character which you know it, he he's past that point in his life now and you know he he and you see is the next stage how he deals with sort of becoming deaf and how he deals with like becoming a new a new person like uh, uh, as a result of that but yeah it was um i don't know it was it was the the one film that was the closest to making me feel uh you know slightly emotional yeah. um, and emotion and emotion yeah <laughs> any emotion but it's like it's a, it's quite a personal story it's not like big scale by any means so if it resonates with you like it it just clicks more with you yeah like yeah. you were saying then i feel like there were a few a couple points in the film i was like oh i didn't see that coming but in a good way it never felt unnatural it, I, I was never like oh that that's come out of nowhere i don't i didn't see that going down there for a reason it felt unpredictable but never like it didn't make sense it always felt like a natural progression of where these people would go so yeah. i'm so happy that, that paul racy's the actor the head of the, the deaf community that he got nominated for uh, best point because I just thought his performance was so. He was good. really good. Maybe he should have yeah. won. Maybe he should have won. Uh, um... But yeah, that was my. That's my. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's that's my. Thing. Sound yeah. of metal. I think should have won. Uh, yeah, I'll 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 close off and say. Yeah. That, um, I I think I'd agree with Ben. Mine would either be. I mean, I loved Nomadland, but mine would either be. Sound of Metal or Judas and the Black Messiah because yeah. I really adored both of those films. Um, I mean, Sound of Metal, um, one of the best things about watching that, and again, I've mentioned this before, um, because of how I watch films, I tend to sit and watch them with headphones on. I can imagine that's an experience watching really Sound saw. of Metal. Like that. Sound, of, Sound of Metal, that it definitely deserved to win uh, sound design and sound editing and all that sort of stuff. Because did it win best head- overall editing as well? I think yeah. it won best overall editing. Yeah, I think it did. Yeah, it did. I think it did. It, yeah, I thought it wow, won both. Wow, wicked. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, it definitely deserved um, all of that because the, the sound editing, um, especially with my headphones like on, turned up to full, um, it, it, it really helped get across what he was feeling like every time they played the sort of whine and doled out the noise it, you really got the effect of like how his hearing was dampened because before i'd seen the film when i saw it had won best sound editing for at the baftas i was like seems a bit weird that because you know they've either i i thought i thought they'd have just either muted the sound or muffled it mm. um uh, which doesn't seem like impressive sound design when you think about it but as, as you were watching the film like the the ringing of the tinnitus and the muffle and echo and everything that went into making it sound authentic and having his hearing degrade as the film went on um was it, it just really added to the experience of that film and like really i good. i i get that it you know, it's come from him being a drummer and doing all this. But to me, it, that was really scary because I assumed that it was going to be a thing of while he was on stage, it went. But the idea of he was just having a conversation, laying some things out of the table, and his hearing just went. I was like, that's terrifying. The idea that that could just happen to you in like every day. Yeah. Shout um, out to his uh, drummer, drum ability as well. Sorry. Well, this is the thing. He, um, like you mentioned, he learned sign language for this. I don't know if he knew drums before, but he learned them. He acted deaf. It's a mad performance that he's put on, and he had to do a lot for it. Mm-hmm. 
could we argue that he was snubbed for best actor? I, I, I. Uh, That's a whole oh. other conversation because 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 we have to talk about that whole like farce that happened at the actual Oscar ceremony with the best best uh, best actor. It's it's caused quite a big stir over the past couple of days since the Oscars happened. Um, as to whether Anthony Hopkins deserved the Oscar. Do you, do you know why um, it caused a bit more of a stir in terms of its structure as well, James? Because you said I've off heard... camera you haven't seen the, you didn't watch it. No, I, I only looked at results. I didn't watch any ceremony. I've heard something about people feel like the didn't they leave it till the end and they felt like they purposely sort of baited the ooh will Chadwick Boseman win it or not and they feel like they sort of used they... his death to kind of get people more interested. I think they took what, a gamble. They took a gamble because they apparently. Um, yeah, so traditionally the best picture goes last because that's yep. what it's all building towards. All right. the awards are part of the element the best picture is last, and that's how you end the show. And so this year they said, yeah, they went uh, best actor goes last. Yeah, and so the people that, the producers of the show that do the awards, they act, they don't know the results apparently. So they did. they took a gamble and mm. hoping that Chadwick would win and then it ends on this somber note that Chadwick has won it. And yeah, they gambled and then and they betted and they failed because okay. Anthony Hopkins. So it's it's, it's not won. like an intentional then. No, it's, no it's, but it's a gamble it, that's backfired. It was just kind yeah. of like the whole the whole ceremony was just a bit weird, and that was like that capped it off. Um, yeah. He wasn't it was, even there as well. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it was like the whole. Oh, Anthony was, Hopkins wasn't there. No, no, he was. Right. He was in Wales. Um, you can't really blame him because I, for a start, I think overseas travels is it overseas travel even allowed? Like, no, I don't no. think they'd be allowed just to get the he, 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 Didn't he He's give an his old man? I was going <laughs> to yeah. say, didn't didn't he give his speech the following day? Yeah, he left a little message yeah, on on one of his social media accounts or something, but like the whole thing was like, yeah, let's put best picture, uh, let's put best actor last, and Joaquin Phoenix comes out clearly not exactly thrilled to be there. But as he normally sh- isn't. Yeah, exactly. But everyone's expecting, you know, Chadwick Boseman or whatever. And he just goes, Anthony Hopkins. And everyone's like, oh, clapping. And then he goes, the Academy accepts the award on behalf of Sir Anthony Hopkins. And then the show ended. And it's like, yeah. that's it. That yeah. was the, that was the moment, and they just it just really fell very very bum, flat indeed. Bit of a bump bump bump. It was good as well though. Yeah. A little bit about talking about the actual ceremony. There was other so, I think other than Anthony Anthony Hopkins, everybody else where they were in Paris or in London, they were like also live streaming the event at the same mm. time. So yeah. like Olivia Coleman um, and Gary Oldman were in London together in their own little socially distanced auditorium, oh, cool. sat watching the show, <laughs> yeah. and then like they were, and so like the guy who directed and wrote The Father was in Paris, and then he did his speech live, where wherever Sasha Baron Cohen was, somewhere else in London, him and his wife Isla Fisher were there live. So I think literally everybody else nominated if they weren't there except Anthony Hopkins was there so it's just such a <laughs> yeah. unfortunate it's just unfortunate yeah. it's just a gamble they shouldn't have took if it's yeah. like it's, if it's a toss between and they, they know Anthony Hopkins wasn't going to be there just maybe don't and risk he's it. just won the BAFTA so yeah, it's not like he was out of that role. he was on that hot streak Chadwick also Boseman, like you know. let's like even if it had gone to Chadwick Boseman would that still not have been a bit of a sad note of 
and he's won it post post hom- I can't pronounce posthumously. The word, posthumously, is that not then not another bit of a sad note of yeah he's got it, but he's not here to collect it because he's not even with us at all anymore. Yeah, I think I think they had a montage queued up. I think they had a VT. Uh, that's a good point. That was another thing as well Probably. that this Oscars was was missing because it was missing an awful lot of things. Like obviously because. Like the whole ceremony in general was just completely like cut down to the basics. It was on like a really, really small stage. I think it was in a train station um, that had been re- refitted with some seats, and everyone was socially distanced. And there was just a handful of kind of like film stars in the audience and other film crew and stuff. Not many. It looked like a hundred, hundred and fifty like people. In when your school does an awards and it's your yeah. school gym, <laughs> like, a cor- like that, like corporate awards, exactly. corporate awards ceremony yeah. or something, you know. Right. But, okay. But um, and then they they decided to not show any clips of the films as they're reading out the nominations. So it was yeah, it was a really strange That's choice. Yeah. So like you'd have someone come on to present a few awards in some cases, and there was one point where like um, Laura Dern came out to. Um, I think she was doing best supporting actress. She had run point. over a chicken halfway through uh, yeah. the stage as well. Yeah, her dress was uh, yeah, uh, <laughs> like she was dressed very normally from the waist up in just a black dress, and then as you got further down, it just turned into like something, like some kind of massive feather, and it was just bizarre to look at. But whatever, you know. Apparently, this is what the oscars are, are about wait which, which award did she nominate it was supporting it was supporting actor rather than you know show a clip of the film she discussed the films uh you know personally with each nominee saying i thought you gave such a wonderful performance and you really brought this to the role and you shed light on this and on to the next nominee and i thought you did a brilliant job and it was just this really kind of it was it was sort of like Weird personal thing. yeah and it was sort of strangely kind it of kind of was it. a decent idea it just was but just not done very to fo- well. It was like a decent idea to focus on them. Yeah. But I saw a great yeah. point where it said in the year where these films aren't available and aren't in cinemas, maybe you should show the clips to kind of get people a bit interested in these films that they've not seen. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, especially like the acting ones and like the cinematography, yeah. the visual. Well, that's the, the visual t- stuff. I was going to say, particularly with visual ones, then with acting ones, don't they normally show a snippet of the acting that got them this award? Yeah, yeah. But um, while exactly. we are talking about lead actor, it it is a murky one because Anthony Hopkins he puts on a great performance. It's a really good portrayal of um, being senile and dementia and that confusion, and it really brings you into his world. I just I don't know if he does enough to beat some of the others. Like Riz Ahmed, I think had to do a lot more for his performance. He had to act deaf. He had to learn sign language for that performance. It's incredible. I know you guys haven't seen it yet, but I watched Ma Rainey's Black Bottom uh, today, and I would like to absolutely take back any time I said, oh, I'm a bit worried that they might just, you know, give it to Chadwick Boseman as a thing of, oh, because he's dead, we'll give it to him. If he'd earned that, he would have... If he'd won that, he would have fully earned it. It's a really good performance and has multiple scenes where I was like, oh, he's acting right now. He's not just, oh, yeah, I'm doing this role. Like, he really gives his all in some scenes and there's some really good moments from him yeah obviously uh, a really I, talented guy and it's just yeah, such yeah. a shame what, what happened to him like, that's the other thing it's like it wore off a bit but particularly the first few times he comes on screen i'm just like oh, i'm just i'm just sad yeah like it's just really upsetting yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i i honestly had no doubt that because 
you know, um, unfortunately, you know, actors, actresses pass away all the time. Um, I have no doubt that the reason that that he was nominated for a reason. It wasn't just, oh, well, you know, it's sad that he's passed away. We'll just nominate him for the last film he was in. I absolutely knew that he was going to put in like a hell of a performance, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Get um, it watched. It's so worth it. It's further proof that it's not just because he's died, because the, f- yeah. f- the film got nominated for a bunch of stuff and won a bunch and of stuff. And won a bunch of stuff, yeah. So it's not just about, oh, he's dead. Yeah. Is it? It's yeah, further. Yeah. It's, you know what I mean? Yeah, Speaking yeah. Speaking totally of right. its nominations, I am baffled how it didn't receive a Best Picture nomination over Mank. Like, how Mank got nominated over this film for Best Picture is so confusing to me. Well, you know why? Old Hollywood, Citizen yeah. Kane. Well, to not yeah. nominate the film I, that was to do Citizen Kane. See, j- just, just to... Just... I, remember, I remember at the time, what like when Christian was saying, when we found out about Norbit, it's like, as soon as anything gets nominated or wins, it gets plastered over everything. As soon as you open Disney Plus now, it's like, Soul, Oscar-winning film, Nomadland, yeah, yeah. Oscar-winning film, coming soon. Like They love to roll this stuff out as soon as it comes about. I was going to say, that, that, was, that was where... Uh, <laughs> That, that was how I got some of the, the spoilers for the Oscars, because uh, I will say, I tried to watch the Oscars. I was very tired. <laughs> yeah. I, fell asleep, I fell asleep in the pre-show while they were talking about, oh, look at what this person's wearing. Oh, Didn't like abysmal, care. Fell asleep. Abysmal. Oh, my God. That was horrible. It was it was, it was was awful. Like, oh, you, you the Channel be, E, wasn't it? it was the just Channel E, it was awful and just, it was like uh, oh we're going to talk about what dresses everyone's wearing and what suits everyone's wearing it's like no one cares that's not why we're Americans here. shouting over each other actually they weren't all Americans wearing. they weren't all Americans oh yes well yes I, I, Detective I, I, Dan uh, Detective, yes. <laughs> uh, there was there was a lady on there who uh, she had a bit of an American twang, but there's also something else, something a little something else, a little, a little bit of spice in the accent. And I was like, "Geez, I bet she's from Manchester. I bet she was born in Manchester." And I did a little bit of research. And, yeah. <laughs> oh. What do you know? <laughs> Got it right, mate. Got it right. It I identified cool. a fellow. As if you managed to pick up a like a Mancunian twinge among all it these Americans. You can shouting. just tell me. You can just <laughs> tell. It's quite like, impressive. You can just she, tell. she did one elongated me, and then he's like, "Oh, oh. <laughs> 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 can't, you can't, you can't take the Manchester out of the girl. We can get the girl out of Manchester." <laughs> yeah. um, so that was good. That, I got my entertainment from that section at least. <laughs> then. Nowhere has any footage of the Oscars. The Oscars YouTube channel, nothing on it. The yeah. Now TV, nothing. Sky, nothing. BBC, it's, nothing. No one has is, anything. It's shocking, especially when every year the viewership goes down. The day yeah. after, there's no clips, actual official clips of the Mo- show, <laughs> and the repeat on Now TV or isn't anywhere. It's insane. All the videos on YouTube, it's just the highlights. It's the same highlights for a minute and a half, the same 10-second clip. Yeah. The latest episode of Line of Duty did more than the Oscars. (laughs) Oh, Um, and it was a very good episode. (laughs) Line of Duty is kicking off. Uh, Things happened because it was left on a really good cliffhanger. That's why this episode had a lot of views as well. Yeah. And it's just got the most... I told, uh, I'll cut this bit. Right. The Line of Duty is worth a watch. It's got one of the most passive-aggressive characters and performances I've ever seen in, in television. It's so good, but in nails on a chalkboard to watch. Isn't yeah. Her smile, her fake smile, is amazing, isn't it, Dan? I showed you... I was like, Dan, watch. look at this smile. It's... <laughs> oh. 
Yeah, so yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. I don't watch Line of Duty though. Uh, <laughs> maybe no, I, I should. Either. I don't know. Ah, but anyway, great. We're, show. We're, we're talking about the Oscars, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I was really happy that the father won Best Adapted Screenplay. Yeah. Because uh, I really enjoyed the father, and I loved the the structure of the film. I hadn't seen a so film. So clever the structure. Yeah, I hadn't seen a film where a character with uh, uh, dementia or whatever, he, memory loss. Yeah. It's, it's not said what he has. It's like early onset, isn't it, of what he has? Just to, from his perspective. And the use of it's so cleverly of done. his of the memories and how it, it was so really well done. It's I got, horrible. I got a question for you guys though. What is Borat two adapting? I thought this. <laughs> what I did was that adapt? So confused because that's another one where Ma Rainey's Black Bottom has been snubbed. That's based on a play. Yeah. So why is right. Borat two subsequent movie film was that, that adapt? being nominated for? Like that's so bizarre. <laughs> was that definitely adapt? Was that definitely nominated for adapted yes. screenplay? Yeah, because yeah, Regina King had to say they have to say the entire film. <laughs> so Regina King was like, "Right, here we go," and she listed off like six names, and then the whole film. It was pretty good. That was a good what moment. on earth? I, I like just really. It, is it? Does that. it count because it's a sequel? Is it because it adapted? Like their notes, or yeah, or like from the first film. they adapted the fact know. that it's a pandemic. I, I really don't know. They adapted to the fact it was a, a pandemic. So Therefore, what we did is we, we filmed some stuff and then we adapted it into a film. <laughs> it's really bizarre. I kind of um, loved it though, but it was strange. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. yeah. While we're on about screenplays, promising young woman picking up best original screenplay. So good. I'm so happy for that. Well, that that film's a. I think next week, Tease the next week, we'll talk about these films more in depth. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. film, so. I still don't know what to think about that film. I don't know what okay. to make of I'm that. very happy to get into this I, film. Yeah. I, I, I do keep going backwards and forwards and changing my letterbox reviewing <laughs> yeah. of the film. Cause what are I'm you changing like, it between, Armin? Out of curiosity. Um, a four and a three and a half. Okay. I think that film as well, it's now in the UK available on Sky and Now TV. So I think if you're, if yeah, you yeah. are a weekly listener... If you can try get it watched within the next week, I think we'll properly dive into Promising yeah. Woman next week because there, there's things I don't I just don't know what I don't know. It, I don't know if it, I don't know if it, it, it deserves be hard. screenplay. I don't know. You reckon? Honest. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. Because you know, as as another thing of saying maybe do watch this if you want to listen next week. For me, a big thing is the ending, so we're gonna have to do spoilers for it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. you should watch you should watch her the the lady. Who the woman who wrote the film, directed the film as well, uh, James? Uh, t- wow, she's posh. Good lord, <laughs> very posh. It was, cr- and apparently she plays Camilla Parker Bowles on The Crown. Makes so, sense if she's not posh. That's cool. But man, she was I watched an acceptance speech. Be like, wow, very good. God, oh, oh, I, I feel like I can't believe I've won. Oh, oh my, oh. Like C-3PO, like won an Oscar or something. <laughs> <laughs> were there any other, maybe not big ones, or just any other awards that you were shocked by or think didn't deserve to win? I thought what one thing that was really weird, I think a lot of people made this point, but Best Supporting Actor was a really strange category. Because you had you had yep. this really strange situation where um, Daniel Kaluuya and um, Keith. Stanfield. Keith Stanfield. Stanfield. Yeah, yeah. Here he is. Whee! There, he <laughs> there he is. is. There he is. There he is. <laughs> Like what? Like I don't really understand because Lakeith Stanfield was the main character of that film, and yep. and they were both put as supporting actors. Weird. With so no leading weird. actor in I, the film. I I, I think I, I was gonna say I think 
the main reason is because they do both get a lot of screen time. I mean, Lakeith Stanfield definitely gets more screen time, which he is, would, he's to the me, main character. make he's him the, yeah. the main character. But the fact that he is the Judas and Daniel Kaluuya is the Black Messiah, maybe they were just like, well, they're both part of the title, so they both supported each other. But I would then say that, that makes them both lead. Yeah. That's yeah, what they, I would say. Yeah. <laughs> there was a big worry as well that the two of them would, everyone would, they would split the vote. Yeah, and that yeah. somebody else like a Riz Ahmed would win it because they have split them and not put them in separate categories. Yeah. Well, it's like supporting actor hints that there is also a leading actor, and there just wasn't. There was <laughs> so two who are they supporting? supporting? <laughs> who, yeah. yeah, exactly. They're supporting so, Todd from Breaking Bad. Very nice. <laughs> and and uh, you know, arguably, uh, Hugh Stanfield put in like a more a more interesting wow. performance. I would but, agree. Um, uh, see, I I would. Lakeith Stanfield did a very good job, but I I was as soon as I finished that film, I was like, yeah, Daniel Kaluuya's won. See, but my thing is here. I think Lakeith Stanfield had to do more for the role, whereas Daniel Kaluuya is solid. He's good in that, but there weren't really any high scenes for his acting. I thought. I wonder where the part of it is. I'm fine with him winning this award because I'm very happy for Daniel Kaluuya to be an Oscar-winning actor. So I <laughs> part of me is like, is that? part of it they're like this guy deserves an oscar so we're gonna give him one i i do fi- i do feel like it's one of these cases where it is kind of a a collective oscar it's not just for his performance in judas and the black messiah it's for all of the previous performances yeah, that yeah, have like been oscar nominated that like, he hasn't won for yeah. I think it's a bit different. That's a bit different because he hasn't got a solid body. He's not Leonardo DiCaprio where that oh, was no, no, like, no, no. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Not let's quite. give him an Oscar. I feel but like it's, that's, this is a bit of like, because he just kept winning and winning and winning. Yeah, Maybe yeah. that's a bit of it as well. It's like, I mean, he really deserved it, but nobody beat um, J.K. Simmons in Whiplash. He, he won it every single award show. and just kept, and it just kind of, I wonder yeah. if it was a bit of that like, oh, well, well he's going to win, isn't yeah. he? So I'll vote for him. Like, I, I wonder I, if that was a bit of it. It's like you mentioned, Ben. I think the other one, in my mind, that was in contention to beat him would have been Sound of Metal. The Paul Racy. Oh, yeah, the owner of the Death Clinic. He was really good. And again, to avoid spoilers in case no one's watched it, there's a particular scene in that where at the end of it, I'm like, oh, man, he's, he is acting at this yeah. point. But while we're on the topic of Best Supporting Actor... Minari picked up Best Supporting Actress, and I'm really quite happy with that because that was probably my favourite part of that film yeah, was yeah. the grandma and the grandson's relationship. Yeah. Like really th- that was, it, it's such a nice, just little family film. They've got the dynamic down so well in that film. Yeah, that's kind of exactly why I was like, oh, should it be a Best Picture contender? Because it's just a nice little film about a family trying to farm. And I think that's why I liked that it was yeah. Best Picture because it's it's smaller scale stories getting a show. Yeah. I don't I, mind I mean, that. I just I was like, I thought Sound of Metal was a small scale story. It yeah. kind of had moved things forward a bit. I thought Minari's just like yeah, it's just a family drama. It really, I don't know. It, re- it really reminded me. I didn't actually watch the, uh, this one all the way through either because by this point I was just completely done with slow paced. Uh, Oscar <laughs> Oscar films, but what I did, I I reckon I I probably would would quite enjoy this this film if I did sit down and watch it. Um, yeah, it's solid. It's solid. I, yeah. it, from what I did see, it kind of reminded me of a Studio Ghibli film. Um, the 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 sort of color palette was very sort of it was quite vibrant, sort yeah. of more colorful, and um, just the sort of I don't know the pace of it, the direction of it, that sort of like 
just focusing on the little details of being in a family and the eccentricities of the different characters and stuff. I thought it was uh, I think it, interesting, yeah. Yeah, I thought it had a nice pace for a while, but it definitely did lull towards the end, I'd say. So it's an hour 55, I reckon, hour, hour 20 mark. It, I was a bit like, okay, like I'm, I'm not bored, but I am I kind of looking at my watch a bit. I, I had the opposite way around. I, I, for the first sort of... 20-ish minutes i was like struggling to get into it i was like this is this is uh, this is okay i'm but i'm not hooked and it was when the grandma turned up and the the story sort of shifted and the like the family dynamic like really got introduced that i was like okay i'm i'm very into this film now we can all agree Um, the family friend the religious family friend was the best part of the film, right? He was mental. He, yeah. Where's his Oscar nomination? <laughs> Outrageous. He was great. Very I thought the whole film was going to be like all about a father-son relationship. And it was like a grandmother-grandson relationship. Like, yeah. that kid's awesome. Like, he's so good in really this film. Good. Yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, also, I'm, I'm pretty sure that um, he turned up to the Oscars. He, he did. Yes, I've seen a little picture of him on the red carpet, like yeah, little, showing his, off yeah. his little suit. With, yeah, with his hair spiked <laughs> up and his his suit just looking Bless like, him. yeah, I'm at the Oscars. <laughs> yeah, really it's cute. so good. I wonder at what point they decided to call it Minari, because I feel like they just made a film and went, we don't have a title for it. This will do. I, I think the significance is that that's like, because the first scene where the you know uh, David and his grandmother like go down to the creek and she starts explaining to him what Minari is that felt like the crux of the start uh, of their relationship yeah. and like the 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 beginning of the unfolding of what the actual plot to the film was yeah. I say plot because again it's another one where it's a very character based film and while it does have a plot it, it's more focused on the family dynamics it's, irrela- it it's more about the relationships yeah. than the plot yeah yeah, yeah. Which I weirdly I loved. Like I was surprised how many of these smaller scales, less plot-driven films I really enjoyed because it's not normally yeah. my kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I, had of... A, I had a really good time with a lot of these films. Great. I was quite surprised. Why? Really, really... yeah. yeah. Look at me being a proper film boy. I was so very happy for you. Films, James. Yeah. Proper now films are quite good. <laughs> <laughs> so just, does anyone have any uh, disputes no, about Francis winning Best Actress? Is Carrie Mulligan up for it? Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. She she could have been a contender just because I think she had some good scenes of acting, and there was some real nice like switches in hers. Like, cause, you know, it, it's not easy, but you can get fully into a role and a character for a scene, and you can do it. But to like switch so quickly in scenes is a whole other task in itself. Mm. And I yeah. got what I wanted. I think I said it in a previous podcast. I got Francis's husband, Joel Cohen, just sat there looking a bit oblivious <laughs> to what was going on. There's a, there's, a, there's a bit where he's just sat there and Francis, Francis McDormand's just doing a wolf howl and he's just there sat there just watching his wife just being uh, weird. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's what I wanted. <laughs> it, was, uh, it was great. I did enjoy Kerry Mulligan's performance, though, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, it was creepy and the stuff as well it, it, I don't know if this is a bad way to describe it but it was almost it, it was very successfully the super sympathetic sociopath yeah yeah. like there was clearly some stuff she was doing where it's like this is very questionable maybe crosses the line at some point maybe crosses the line but also she is the sympathetic protagonist yeah where it's yeah. like 
And you're kind of rooting for her, right? But like, yeah, yeah. it's sort of, it's just this really, you're going along with her, but you're sort of, it, it's it's like you're going along with her begrudgingly, but still on on a side. It's really odd, kind of. I don't think me and me or Ben either quite knew what to make of what, what, mm. what was going on, because we were there with her the whole way, you know, but like, still, it's kind of like... I don't know. I don't know. We'll talk yeah. about this next uh, week. I yeah, guess. I was going to say we'll talk about this next week. Cause, I yeah. wonder whether part of the reason it went to Francis McDormand is that because Nomadland got Best Picture and yeah. that is her film. Usually, yeah. So That's it makes it sense. Like her, it, she won that Oscar because it's her, it's all about her that film. So it makes sense to give her the Best Actress. But it does mean that currently she is the only actress to have three, um, th- three Oscars. That are all best actress. All of the ah. other actri- all the other actresses who have three awards. It's like two best actress and a best supporting, or two best supporting and a best actress. That's cool. pretty and stuff impressive. Like. So she's the only one to have three main. Um, and if she if she can get another best actress, then she would equal Audrey Hepburn. Yeah. In she can do it. Cool. She can do it. Yeah, you she know, can do it. I haven't actually seen a single uh, one of her films. I didn't know Fargo. she was. I didn't know she was another actress. I thought this was some new name. She's been you've in not seen Far- You've not seen Fargo. I've never seen Fargo. I've not, you know, mate. I've not. I've I not actually seen haven't seen Fargo. So this I've is this is what we're down the line. <laughs> then just get over it, mate. Get over um, it. But I did. I did. See, I, I did see three billboards, which was the other film she won her. Missed that one as well. You Oscar have for. seen her in something, James. She's in the third Transformers movie. Oh, yeah. She there is. You go then. Ceremony <laughs> itself, like because they like it was there was less people, and they kind of focus on one percent of her sections. There was less like horrendous banter between hmm. some of the presenters of the awards. So that kind of they got on with that. Yeah. Um, although the in memoriam section, right? Somebody. Somebody accidentally put that on times two speed, Ooh. didn't they, Dan? <laughs> well, it was a really, really, really strange choice that they went with because they basically chose number one, quite an upbeat... I think it was Stevie Wonder, wasn't it? It was like a, it was like it was, a, a pseudo-acoustic version of a Stevie Wonder song. Yeah, and, song. It, and it was quite... As, I think? It, it, was quite, it had quite a fast tempo to it for a start, which, you know, might have worked... Had they not decided to also make the in memoriam pictures of each person who had passed away that year match the beat of the song? So, like, you had one picture for one bar, so it was like one person, two, three, another person, two, three, another person. It was like, God. it was like people had gone in a flash, it was like crazy. And some people didn't get auto, didn't get the same amount of time, so some people were there for like half as much or some in some cases a quarter of as much like in in situations at the end of like a passage of like uh, you know you know towards the end of um a chorus or whatever they just did like four really quickly almost like a drum fill <laughs> it's like oh, it's like one two three so four <laughs> and it's like, who, the, who the hell honestly that that's on youtube yeah. and you can go I and watch that. that up and it's yeah. like what are you? Th- what are you doing? Like is, seriously, strange. You know? Is there any element of we lost choice. more than normal this year? So they were like, oh, "We've got so many, we need to blow through." Well, here's them. here's the thing. Even then, then, James, choose a longer song. Uh, Give them more time. <laughs> yeah. But here here's the thing: they spent 
much, much more time on some really silly skit where who was it, Ben? Like, I can't remember the guy. Uh, it's it. He's in. He's out. in Get Out. He's the comic relief character in Get Out. He's in the TSA, oh, and he's yeah. also in, um, he's in Judas, Judas and the Black Messiah as the kind of creepy pimp guy, pimp looking yeah. guy. Um, he comes out and basically has this really awkward kind of section where he's going up to people like asking them with a microphone sticking a microphone in, in the face and it kind of feels like it's off script and he's he's having music piped through the PA of these Oscar nominated songs or I can't remember if they were all Oscar nominated or just some of them were Oscar, Oscar nominated but the point was he was asking them do you think this song was Oscar nominated or not and they're like um no uh, it should have been it was actually Oscar nominated but then they were trying to make it funny and it just didn't really work and then they got to Glenn Close (laughs) and the music they piped in for Glenn Close's section was uh, you must have seen this because this is probably one of the few clips of the Oscars that are on the internet it's a song called Da Butt have you guys heard (laughs) and it's like and it basically it resulted in Glenn Close she's basically started twerking uh, so that's on the internet, and that was part of the Oscars oh. for, this, for this year. They sped just, up the in memoriam section. And they sped that. up, and they thought, this is more important than uh, the in memoriam section. We'll just get the, get those get, get all those people who've died, just get them, get them gone, because Glenn Close needs to twerk. Oh, <laughs> so God. strange. So strange and so cringeworthy and horrible. Like, it was like the one banter bit in the show and it's just yeah, horrendous it's and just get rid of all them and they got rid of the performances i think they they performed the the best songs before the show started which is a great idea because in the other in the other years they have them sp- spread out of spread um sporadically sporadically throughout the ceremony which yeah. just pads time <laughs> and they're always kind of like half decent songs anyway because they need they, they, there are no original songs anymore so like yeah we'll nominate a song from twilight okay and then <laughs> then they're there performing it and it's just like I, yeah, I, come I on it's gonna, a four-hour show we don't I, need this I was, I was gonna say when i've watched in previous years and they've done the songs it's like come on hurry up we all know disney's winning it yeah <laughs> i mean disney weren't actually nominated this year don't think they had anything <gasps> well, they that did, had nothing, to... did nothing in soul get nominated not for original song, no. Jean Baptiste and uh, Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross got their Oscar for soul. Like exactly, talk, just what I said, James, about they have no original songs. A song from that Eurovision Song Contest film got nominated for best original song at the Oscars. Yeah. Pointless Blimey. category, if you ask me. Pointless That's... category. Well, let me just say, I think we're close to wrapping up the section on the Oscars, but I just wanted to ask yes. you guys. Bearing in mind this conversation about weird awards and weird kind of music being nominated and what have you, and also the fact that this Oscars got like the lowest ratings ever for the Oscars by a, a large amount. I was going to say, wasn't it 58% drop from last year? Last year it was 20 million. This is yeah, in America. Like this, yeah. this year it was, yeah. Obviously, we've had the pandemic. There's not been many films out. Many, Lots of people haven't been going to the cinema. It's been a really weird year for films. So maybe the low figures are down to that partly but I wanted to ask you guys like are the Oscars just irrelevant because I'm pretty sure a lot of people didn't even know these these were happening to be honest whereas before they used to be a big cultural event now it's like what is it exactly does it really work anymore 
Does it need revamping? It may be the beginning of the end for them, maybe. Yeah. Hmm. I, I think times are changing, um, and I, I think it's gotten to the point where people have stopped so much caring what critics and higher-ups think. You know, you look on... I mean, Rotten Tomatoes is kind of held with some reverence, but most of the time I'll talk to people and I'll be like, oh, the critics gave it... Uh, you know, overall, the critics, it got a, it got a 68 on Rotten Tomatoes or whatever, and... and people will just turn around and be like it doesn't matter what they think what do what do what's the user score what's the audience score people care what each other thinks so yeah i don't know un- <laughs> unless they start letting people vote for the oscars which is never going to happen <laughs> oh, can um, you imagine vote by text and the winner of the best film is kind of hat what the <laughs> <laughs> tenth year in a row <laughs> <laughs> like there is a, there is a version of the Oscars that can work. I think we're kind of stepping in the right direction. I think Parasite yeah. and The Shape of Water in recent years is a real step in the right direction, especially this year in the diversity of the nominees and people yeah, yeah. who win this year. It's a real step in the right direction. I think yeah. a big part of it is that people are waking up to how the Hollywood elite are so not in tune with what's going on sure. and they just all need to just shut up about the injustices in the world and we just don't need to listen to them. Like, I love Daniel Kaluuya, but there was a bit during his speech where he was like, yeah, we're all going to go party now. I was like, it's a it's a pandemic. A lot of us aren't even allowed to even yeah. see each other indoors. Maybe don't mention that bit. Obviously, he was on the sure. spot. He didn't know he was going to win and he was just speaking off the cuff. He had a good moment about his parents yeah. having sex. But there was yeah. just these little, these little bits. Yeah, he made a joke. He was like, oh, my parents had sex and now I'm here. <laughs> let's get drunk or whatever he said that's yeah. weird um, it was and it, cut, it then cut to his mum yeah being like, what, his mum's reaction he, what did he it. say like yeah, yeah. his mum and his sister that was, that was a good <laughs> moment yeah yeah but they're just so out of oh it's just who, could, I mean, who could forget like the start of this pandemic they, we had the Imagine uh, cover oh, didn't we that, they yeah. all did. that was oh, like a that. week in yeah, exactly. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, and it's all built up to this point now where celebrities and film stars have so little goodwill. The Oscars are, just, you know, barely... Like, an episode of Line of Duty in the UK gets more than the whole of America, like, in terms of people watching. So I, I do also wonder whether a part of a big reason that there's been a drop-off with uh, this year is because of the pandemic, there's been fewer films out, so people may not have even heard of some of the ones. For sure. And then there's the thing of, they because they haven't been in cinemas, people haven't seen the ones that even yeah. they've heard of, really. That's it, yeah. Exactly. I mean, a lot of the films, and, and also, you know, slightly different issue, but the sheer amount of streaming services, like, there's no one way to watch these films. Like, going yeah. to the cinema is a one way to watch new films. <laughs> you just go to I the mean, cinema. Whereas I mean, if, you, if you look at the Oscars, there has been a decline every year. Like, they've been going down for a while, but I think that's why there's been a huge drop off for this year I, yeah. I i will say that it was quite good to see that out of the best picture films that we watched two were on netflix one was on prime one was on sky and now tv and one's gonna be on disney plus one's gonna be on disney plus which means five of the eight are way more readily available for people to actually watch than they would like because that that's my thing with the oscars normally every year even when cinemas are open the reason that i tend to skip the oscars is it's because i've it's like oh well they've nominated one film that came out earlier this year that i've not seen 
and then none of the rest of the films are coming to the UK until after they've won Oscars. It's weird as well, like... I don't know about you guys, I feel there's no talk that the BAFTAs should stop. I still look forward to the BAFTAs. Mm-hmm. And even the TV, the television BAFTAs, I feel like no one's going, oh, the BAFTAs are outdated. Yeah, because the BAFTAs have always been a bit less, a bit more low-key and a bit more yeah. about, like, the, the, the Oscars have always just been a bit cringe and a bit, like, yeah, about very, yeah. glamour, the whole idea of, like, yeah. you know, this whole Hollywood. thing, Channel E, that we, all, that we watched at the start where they were talking about each other. Like, there's one moment that really knocks me sick where, like, one of the presenters went, it was something I think it was Carrie Mulligan's dress, and you could kind of see a midriff, and she was like, you know, slim celebrity. Oh, I, and, I, I tuned in for that part, and I was and like, what are you going on about? It's like, it's like the presenter goes, oh, Carrie Mulligan there, looking, uh, you know, it's who would have thought it's a lockdown with that body or something along those lines, and I'm like, oh, on. number one, come on now, that's <laughs> what what are you saying? And also, like I said to Ben. She's a multi-millionaire with like a team of like trainers, and like she doesn't have like the, obviously like she's not going to imagine rolling up to the Oscars like you know a, a lockdown bod or whatever you want to call it. It's like I do think that's an aspect of the the, the Oscars that's gonna it's gonna they, they don't have to scrap that whole thing because this whole like oh look how glamorous and rich these people are it's not really washing anymore. Whereas before that was a big selling point in the Oscars. It's like oh I wonder what they're wearing they're so glamorous I could be like that one day like. Now it's just not going to, like, people are catching on to the fact that, like, it's not really going to happen. They're never going to, (laughs) they're never going to be celebrities because it's a rigged system, basically. So, scrap it. (laughs) Well, to close close off this, sort of, like, is the Oscars still relevant? I do think that the, for people like us who are, like, very invested in film and love watching films and love sort of learning about film and uh even you know making our own um i do think that the oscars is still sort of very important for celebrating that and it's still great to see that there are these award shows that celebrate this that the, these films yeah i just think that the reason that the oscars has dropped off um over the past few years as people did tune it people did turn on to the fact that the Oscars just seem to be celebrating whoever paid them the most and not whoever was was the, the right choice. And over the past few years, they have started rectifying that and the actual deserving films and deserving sort of participants have started winning. And I don't think that any of those that were necessarily paid for were undeserving. It's just... I, I don't know. I think people did start sort of t- saying, well, why should a bunch of old white men in a room pick what film's the best of the year? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that has turned a few people off, but I, I don't know. I, I think more people should tune back into the Oscars because it, it does seem to be getting back on the right track. And I, I do think that despite having a low-key ceremony, this year's winners looking down the list, it's like these were all deserving winners and that it, it was a very difficult year because there was a lot of snubs yep. that Couple, couldn't yeah. have been avoided it'll be interesting next year how they deal with things because you know please please let this be over and please let things be kind <laughs> of like bit where relatively normal brian cranston was in the auditorium where he said this hopefully will be next year's yes venue for the oscars in the traditional big theater yeah 
and we'll have cinemas and films and a proper Oscars that's hopefully a little bit revamped and a little bit more kind of progressive in its in it, how it approaches. Yeah, yeah. I can't wait for Spielberg's West Side Story to be nominated for Best Picture or Best <laughs> Score or Best Song. That's yeah. going to happen. Yeah. It'll happen. Watch yeah. that happen. Oh, have any of you watched the trailer for that? Yes. Yeah. No. I saw a comment of someone who says like they've literally tried to cut their main actor out of this app trailer. Oh, Ansel <laughs> Elgort. It's insane what? how little Ansel Elgort's in this. It's because all, the, all these allegations of sexual assault have come out about him <gasps> since filming and rapping. And it's like they I almost don't want that. to show his face in the trailers because they don't, they don't want him attached to it, it looks like. In conclusion, the Oscars are still important. They're, very progr- they're getting way more progressive and way more cel- celebrating way more sort of ver- a bigger variety of deserving films. And that's great. Moving on. <laughs> Can I go to the toilet before we move on? Yeah. Moving yeah, on, yeah. let's talk about the biggest conglomerate and the Woo! biggest <laughs> in the world. <laughs> Part two. Now that we've uh, closed off the Oscars nicely and uh, done that, we'll now talk about something else. Something else. That went south very quickly. You are right. I think keep going. That's only, I honestly think keep going. That was great. No, no I'm going to start again. Right, we've spoken about the Oscars enough. Uh, so now let's move on to uh, move on to Disney Plus and the conclusion to the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Well, let's talk about some real <laughs> cinema now, boys. <laughs> Um, all six episodes have been out, uh, <laughs> and another Marvel Cinematic Universe Disney Plus show has ended. So, having having it all out now, we've discussed it before. You know, we did our episode on the the first episode. We talked about the midpoint of the season. What do we all think now that the season's over? Yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I and think, that's our Falcon and the Winter Soldier yeah, yeah. section. <laughs> oh, I, I think in high, I think the culmination of the show, it's the biggest shame that it wasn't in cinemas. If you could tell, if you could say, Ben, would you rather have a totally useless Black Widow movie, or would you have a black man become Captain America on the big screen? I would go a hundred percent. This should have been on. The, the big screen I, I'm a, I don't know I'm just really of all the things Marvel you know that's happened in Marvel the Falcon with the Soldier stuff this plot line about a black man being Captain America is by far the most like powerful stuff the MCU's done and I can't believe they they did it I can't believe they did it that they would address like the real world and in, in this show, this the race, even within there, I couldn't believe it. And that it's not in the cinema is a real shame. It's a real shame, but I'm glad they've done it. That was absolutely the high point of the finale, yeah. was the sort of Sam finally accepting the mantle of Captain America and the shield. His speech at the end, well, it was a bit long. What was there was really yeah, good. And then, you know, the roundup of Isaiah Bradley's um, plot line through this show was great like a oh. really nice thing like is it is it Carl what's his name Carl Gray no <laughs> but Carl Lumley's so good throughout this show the bit the bit you know spoilers all over the shop yeah. like the oh, very yeah. very end 
the bit where they go to the museum and he's in the museum honestly made me a bit emotional. Yeah, man. I I, I was very emotional at that point. Like, it was properly like it was so well done. Really good stuff. Yeah, they they, yeah. they they handled so much in this series really well, and it. I'm not gonna lie. I, I've said it before. This was a series where when they announced it, I was like, "Eh, I'm more into the the you know the, um, the like, science fictiony magic space side of Marvel, and less into the espionage politics, sort of side of it. So I don't know how much I'm gonna enjoy this series. I was so into this series, like it. It took me a couple episodes to get in, but by episode three, I was like, "No, this this is so good." They they had great character dynamics. Um, a, yeah. a lot of stuff was uh, covered, and it was just a really important sort of turning point. And see that, I mean, I I I was already tearing up at the beginning of the episode when you first see Falcon in his full Captain America gear. I was like, "Oh, it's so beautiful." Is it? it do you oh, not like it? I think it's a bit hokey, this suit. I'm not a huge fan of it. I I, you know, I like that they've given him a Captain America suit, but to me, it feels like Steve's first modern Captain America suit where they've just gone, oh, so this is what it looks like on the page of a comic. Let's just slap that into real life. Let's not adapt it and make it look like a, something that someone would actually wear in real life. Let's just put it on screen. It's, it, it, it's very white. It's, it's not even that. It just, it, it just doesn't feel like a suit that someone would wear. It almost looks like it's made of foam, it. but like, but I mean, like a person, not a character. Like it's, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, like that they'll was a real it. shame they, for they, me. They, they yes, yeah. It. And I, I wonder whether they've done that on purpose, like made it look like Steve's first modern one, because the moment would have been so good. But it, it, he stood up and it revealed. I went, oh. Well, it's really? like a, it's like a pit. It looks exactly like his one in the book. Doesn't yeah, it? yeah. That, that's fine. So, but like adapt yeah. it. Don't the, like, the just, old. I mean, the only issue I had flat. with it was uh, I, I do think that there's a couple of shots where, like, they, they do close-ups and the shoulder pads on it are very big and very square and it makes yeah. Anthony Mackie's head look tiny. Uh, <laughs> so, so um, Anthony Mackie, what's his name? Falcon, is now yeah. the Captain America. He is it's Captain, just he is Captain, Captain America. America. Wow. Yeah, yeah. He wow. has the shield. He still has the wings. Making him an even better Captain America. Mate, there's you know, some really good action using the wings and the shield. I think this maybe is one thing that's a bit of a shame for me with this series. Is I was look really looking forward to some really good action, particularly with the wings, and it kind of peaked in the first 15 minutes of the first episode for me. Yeah, especially as far considering as his action went. Most of this episode is in darkness or in red. <laughs> It was quite hard to see what was going on, but you know, it's budget money. Yeah, it's the first time they're doing it. They don't quite know where the level is, and they've done three of them. Imagine they put all in the, you know, they did one division, this and Loki. If they put all the budget into one show, it probably look That's really true. good. The, so the, they're finding their feet, aren't they? Yeah. The the other thing is apparently with this last episode, there was a lot of dubbing and swapping about of stuff because they originally had a whole storyline for this series where there would be a virus uh like a, a an almost pandemic level virus that the government were holding back vaccines on for refugees um and after current <laughs> events 
they decided to drop that entire storyline, redub and reshuffle the episodes. And thank yeah. goodness they did, because I could not be asked watching something else <laughs> yeah. that's based around a pandemic. Yeah, no. I think in hindsight, I don't know if this whole thing about the flag smash being super soldiers was actually relevant. And I think it kind of lessens that Steve is special because he's a super soldier. I think they need to kind of keep well, no, it being quite I think... rare. But what it well the, first the of all less, they're gone the now people. like they are all dead. So that yeah, but helps. they can easily just write that, that there's another batch of twenty you know maybe. But I think what this show did well was that it showed that while yes anyone can take that serum, it showed how special Steve was to still maintain who he was a good man not a perfect soldier that yeah, whole but, thing. Yeah, but I mean literally this that 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 exists the serum exists. But I that's think. not what makes Captain America special. It's I, not his I, strength I, in yeah. muscles. It's his strength in character. I was going to say, it's also another thing that was pulled from the comics that people, basically, like like with Iron Man, where other people are constantly trying to make their versions of Iron Man suits to use for their own purposes. Um, in the Captain America comics, it's always been a thing of people are always trying to replicate the Super Soldier yeah. serum in some way yeah, to and try that... and create their own Captain America. There's another point I want to make as well. I'm not a huge fan of, like people that aren't super soldiers or aren't superhuman using Cap's shield because it's just come on it's it just kind of it's a bit silly of this insane metal disc being flown at, being flown at you at speed and you can just catch it it's a bit silly it catching it when it's been thrown is a bit iffy but like they make a point of it's um so whenever steve and like you see a super soldier catch it it comes out and they just catch it straight like that whereas sam is always having to cushion it because he doesn't have that so there's little bits of it it's just a bit but they also make a point in the first captain america they make a point of this like it's very light that's why it's so special like it's super strong but super light if it's coming at you at speed it's still it's still a flying disc you know, vibranium. If yeah, there's just basic, you know, vibranium. Like, vibranium. Base clauses, <laughs> vibranium. It just makes it a uh, bit no, less. Again, it just makes it a yeah. bit less special. If if this Logan Paul Captain America can just learn how to chuck a frisbee, it just makes it all. <laughs> and, and everybody's a super soldier, like Captain. It just makes it a bit less special. I get what you mean. But I will say absolutely called it on Sharon Carter being the power broker. I don't think anyone was surprised by that. This was very much a reveal of oh, and there it is. Cool. Yeah. My dad, what do you guys think about it? Oh, a quick thing. My dad said, he's in like episode four or five, he said, I bet we're never going to get that mortgage plot line resolved, are we? Uh, with his sister trying uh, to get the mortgage nah. done. And we Aww. never do. And no. But they fixed that. the boat, Ben. And they made they friends fixed, along yeah, the they, way. They, I was going to say, they fixed the boat, so it's kind of resolved because they didn't need the mortgage. Mm. Yeah. They'll still have to sell that boat. <laughs> 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 That was my dad's biggest takeaway from the show. The <laughs> I think it's a shame that that like, it was such a big thing at one point and then just got forgotten about. Yeah. yeah. What was the question? Um, question? What do we think of Sharon Carter being the power broker? Ah, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing that makes me care about it is a theory I've seen in that. So you know, some people are saying, but it doesn't make sense. Like I know that they made an effort to say, oh, but you know when everyone got dusted and she didn't get a pardon. She felt like the government had turned their back on her. So she went into this like um, underworld of crime. And some people are saying they think, yeah, it is out of character. And this is maybe the setup for in Secret Invasion, we get the reveal that she's a scroll, And that's why she's made out of character. So we're hoping yeah. 
that the iffy stuff is actually on purpose and it's set up. We'll see. I think yeah. it's weird to bring her back and make her a person if you're not going to use yeah. her for something. Just simply, which did we prefer, WandaVision or Falcon and Winter Soldier? Well, personally, for me, it was WandaVision. <laughs> I think I'd agree with you. I think I preferred WandaVision. I liked the new styles. I, I know I just said we need to be careful with all speculation, but I enjoy. I felt like there was more of a week-to-week talking about WandaVision and discussing it, whereas no one's really talking about this one nearly as much. WandaVision yeah. was doing something different, wasn't it? Yeah, that's why I, I loved that. I was very much interested in that aspect of, like, what's it, what's it doing? Like, it's playing around with the format. It's, it's being a parody of all these sitcoms and stuff. That was interesting to me. I, I think it's very hard to compare because WandaVision was like a supernatural mystery that played around with its format whereas while falcon and winter soldier was more straight laced it had a lot more to say like it wasn't as mysterious but it 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 it, you know we we now have um anthony mackie as our new captain america and a lot has been resolved with Bucky and it, it had a lot more to say as a show than WandaVision did. WandaVision was just WandaVision was quirky and fun whereas this I, it, it, they're very hard to compare because they, they, they're two very different yeah. shows um, yeah, despite being like, part of the same universe. I completely agree with what Dan said about oh it did something different and yeah, tried yeah. something but like it just, but even then I just didn't I wasn't asked. I don't really care, uh, but at least Falcon and the Soldier had like the Isaiah Bradley stuff was really good, yeah, yeah, really engaging. And I was like, I'm not bothered about Wanda with all these people that are fake and these kids that don't exist or whatever. I don't, and, but yeah, but then you know it was something else and something different, so it's like, eh. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, like, bit, yeah. I, I I would say WandaVision because, like I said earlier, I'm more invested in that sort of side of Marvel. I'm more invested in the weird supernatural spacey magic stuff than i am the techie political stuff but falcon and winter soldier i would say was equally as good like i if someone said to me oh no i preferred falcon and winter soldier i wouldn't be like are you stupid i'd be like no that's fair it was a great show they were both equally as good and they were they both soared in different areas i think i think the one division's like second act way better than Falcon second act when it got to them just running around after the flag smashes wasn't as interesting I think maybe bit, yeah. but the first the first two episodes of WandaVision are just like whatever bilge oh, as, as I loved it all WandaVision wasn't interesting until um, when you when you followed Monica for an episode for me yeah I the first episode of Falcon with the Sword I found things. was the best episode for me as well I think I might agree with you, which I think is a shame. Yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. It's a shame when you two agree. uh, See, I see. I think my favorite episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier was four. Which one? That's the one one? where that's the one where he caves Uh, the guy's skull in, isn't it? Yeah, that's cool, man. Good stuff. Some of the super soldier stuff. That's one thing. uh, Like, there's not much to say about it, but the opening to see episode five, where it's Falcon and. Bucky stealing back the shield from uh, White Russell. Great fight scene. Really cool. Enjoyed yeah. that. Nice for, someone who, for someone who's in Civil not, War. For someone who's when not... When they did it then. Nah, 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 nah. Falcon wasn't in that one. Ah. For someone who's <laughs> not actually, you know, watched this, really, would you recommend it to, to, to me? Yeah. 
think Would you solid. say it's worth it? So. Is it worth it? I'd is say it worth so. a watch? Um, I, I'd, I'd say Will so. Will it win me over as someone who's not massively, massively into Marvel? I, I, yeah, I'd, I'd say, like I said, it, it's got a lot to say. And I think that it's going to create a very interesting and exciting dynamic going forward in the MCU. It's not, as good as, it's not as good as Line of Duty. So. <laughs> I'd watch Line of Duty, Dan. Ben, did you want to talk about Line of Duty? No. Okay. <laughs> the finale's the finale's next week, so if something uh, happens next week, ah, uh, okay, uh, we'll go from there. Carmichael and all that. Yeah, oh, very good, very and, good. Uh, the the uh, the the guy who says "Mother of God" a lot. He's Ted in it, Hastings, and um, the girl from Train Spotting. She's now well, a Davidson. woman. Oh, uh, you yeah. McGregor. You McGregor's in it. Yeah. <laughs> he looks that, a bit different then. Since we've just finished talking about Falcon and the Winter Soldier we'll now move on to uh, another topic that we previously slightly mentioned but Mortal Kombat is now out it's on HBO Max it's in cinemas in America hopefully it'll come to cinemas over here I think we'll get it I I reckon we'll get it Um, but we all sat down and watched Mortal Kombat so uh, let's let's have a good old discussion on what we thought of Mortal Kombat because uh, I'm very interested to see what people thought. Obviously, I've mentioned before in both our Timeless and Trash and on previous podcasts that I'm a big fan. Um, some of you are lesser fans to have zero knowledge of Mortal Kombat. So um, I'm interested to see what people thought. I think the biggest compliment I can give it is that they, from from my knowledge, they did nail the uh, the game characters. Yeah. The adaptation rather well and the people who played them seemed pretty good to me seemed fine to me Kano was a delight <laughs> I really liked Kano you might Kano. say he stole the show oh uh, yeah I think an argument could definitely be made for that yeah uh, I thought it was decent I thought it was decent enough uh, I thought the you know you've, you've got to nail the characters and most importantly you've got to nail Scorpion and Sub-Zero and I thought they really, really did. And I thought the drama yeah. of the Scorpion Sub Zero stuff worked the uh, the strongest. The first ten minutes is really solid. I thought the really first good ten minutes thing. is so good. Uh, yeah, no, I liked it. I think it's a good film. I I think it delivered on having good fight scenes and good action. It did what it needed to. From I don't even really know the games that well. I know basic things, and even I could recognise some of the like things that they whacked in. I think I think it's a solid video game adaptation. Good fun. Yeah, I think. I hated it. Did you even watch it? (laughs) Of course I did. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, yeah, I watched it. I kind of enjoyed it, yeah. It was very, very silly. Uh, It was just, yeah, like, I agree with you guys. The first 10 minutes was really good. It was very, um, I got uh, Ghost of Toshima vibes from Mm. it, very, very much so. I thought like we were going to spend more time in that time period, and and unfortunately we didn't, but... um, yeah, it was okay. It was okay. The rest of the film, the main character was basically just a blank slate. Like, there's nothing to him. It was just us, like, put into the, a film. Why wasn't um, it Liu Kang? Like, the original. It, sh- it should have been Liu Kang. There Why point- wasn't it Louis? Like, there were points where like, I would be thinking, this guy has basically, he's gone from being, like, a sort of jobbing fighter, trying to, you know, he's, he's not committed to, uh, to he, he keeps on losing fights and all that. And suddenly, 
He's like jumping out the back of a plane with these like <laughs> mental kind of superhero. To be people. fair, to be fair, he didn't jump. He was kind of pushed. <laughs> like there was one. He didn't have a scene where he didn't acknowledge the absurdity of what's happening to him. He yeah. didn't at once go. I've just fought a giant reptile, and <laughs> yeah. now I'm flying a four-armed hulking Shrek guy. He didn't want to be like, what the hell is going on? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. there's no moment of him being the audience being like, this is really bizarre, and we're all like, okay I, I, I was going to say, he, they, they fight the reptile, and then Sonya turns around and goes, do you believe me now? And he's just sort of like, yeah, I suppose I do. <laughs> but he like, just kind of goes along with it, doesn't he? He's just sort of, yeah, it's that thing okay. of like we've seen that scene so many times now. Sure. Of like, oh, even though I just saw all this crazy shit happens, I don't believe you. You're crazy. It's like, yeah. oh, like it, it just wastes runtime at this point. Yeah. We've seen it. We know that they're gonna accept it and they're gonna accept the call to action. Let's just get on with it. Uh, yeah, I actually I get think... that, but he needs to acknowledge that he just fought a giant reptile <laughs> <laughs> that could go invisible and be like, "What the hell is going on?" Like he needs he needs to do that because he's not like a, he doesn't act like a normal human being. No, yeah. he's just he's just very much sort of let's just get from this scene to the next scene so that we can have more fight fights, um, which is you know fair enough. All credits to the film. I kind of think it knew that it was doing that. It knew what it was trying to be, unlike. The other Mortal Kombat film we watched, I think it nailed the. Um, it certainly nailed the gore, that's for sure. Yeah. In comparison to the original um, Mortal Kombat film. Yeah, I, I was going to say one of my favorite aspects, um, especially from watching that first fight, is it nails the fact that people get gored but then just carry on as if nothing yeah. had happened. You know, like you'll see, you, you see like Sub Zero get stabbed in the shoulder, and then Scorpion pulls the blade out. And literally, this like cacophony of CGI blood spurts out of his shoulder, and Sub Zero carries on like he's fine. Like, there's one point in that fight where you see Sub Zero grab Scorpion and slam his head into a rock. This massive splatter of blood goes straight up the rock, and then Scorpion gets back up immediately and carries on fighting. And it's <laughs> like, like he... they, they've really captured the element of the game of these yeah. characters lose like three times the amount of blood that's in their body and just carry on. Like he. <laughs> Sub Zero stabs him, Scorpion, in the stomach, and goes up up his chest, up his rib cage, and he carries on. And he's alive, and then goes off to his son or whatever. And in the first ten minutes, yeah, I enjoyed that. Uh, just, just the silliness of it. That yeah, it was just that is more. Um, I will say though, in... sorry, I will say quickly, the nice film though, it actually did deliver on having a Mortal Kombat tournament though, didn't it? How do you how do you feel, Christian, that this film was a glorified first act? Um, that there was actually no Mortal Kombat spoilers. I, ca- I, I kind of expected it. It's um, like, because one of the things that the... I, I watched the trailer and I was like, okay, it looks like it's going to have a slight deviation. Uh, but it, it does look like it's going to be fairly faithful. Watching the actual film, it was even less faithful than it made itself look. There was a lot that they decided to change and add and I don't think that some of that stuff was necessarily bad. I do think that some of it was kind of cheesy and cringy at points. Um, especially, I mean, you can cut this, but especially the scene where Jax gets his arms, you know, where he's got like this scrawny little arms and he's lifting the yeah. rock and then all of a sudden he like believes in himself and his, his normal arms grow out. I did let out a little like chuckle and sigh at the same time. It was like an eye roll, but it's kind of funny because it's cheesy moment. Yeah. 
because they added all the like stamp uh, you know like the birthmark tattoo stuff that moves from body to body and this what, what was it was it was it like a the umagi or whatever Liu Kang called it he's like oh yeah it's your inner spirit like a, a kuna or something like a that a kuna something Akana. Just the Akana yeah. Matata, that's the real yeah. question. <laughs> yeah, you, you're, they, they added all this like Akana stuff of like, oh yeah, you know, that's what awakens your powers and Kano just starts shooting a laser out of his eye without getting the robot stuff done. Yeah, I was a bit upset there was no robot eye. I really like that. One thing I cannot believe we got, and we mentioned it, I think, in the Time Saw Trash recording, but it didn't make the final cut of, are they going to put any like references to like the scumbag of using the exact same move over and over again to win a fight and they did they yeah, actually they did. delivered on that they had Liu Kang sweep the leg sweep the leg and then he jumps it and he sweeps the leg uh-huh. again I was like they did it yeah, I, can't cool. it. Yeah. I can't believe it I can't believe it won me over immediately yeah, yeah, yeah that, 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 that was a great little moment um, and I'd like to see a trilogy because there's like the little news article that has the uh, it you might re- you, you might remember seeing it has like the Native American warrior on it. Yeah, he's in the um, game. He's yeah. in the game. He's the character Night Wolf, yeah. who is uh, a character from the games. Uh, when they walk into the uh, Shaolin Temple, uh, Kano sticks an amulet in his pocket. Um, that is Shinnok's amulet, which plays quite a big part later on in the games. And um, spoiler alert for the games: turns Raiden evil. At one point, <gasps> what? Cool. Um, so, <laughs> the the fact that they're hinting that all this stuff could possibly be to come, I was getting very excited <laughs> at the prospects. I say as well, I can't remember. I think it was you, Christian, that it answered my plot hole of the '90s one. Who yeah. invented the rules of the Mortal Kombat <laughs> tournament? Who said ten and they win? And what is it, Christian? The Elder Gods. The Elder, and I remember watching going, uh, right, that's what it is. That's why. You had, I thought they just regurg- They just threw out ten. But no, it's the, the gods decide. Ah. One thing this film did deliver on, and it delivered on it way more than I thought it would, was um, it delivered on fatalities. Because... Um, oh, yeah. I, at first, I, you know, when they introduce, uh, it, you know, it shows them all in Outworld and it shows Shang Tsung on his throne and uh, it introduces like Cabal and Sub-Zero and a, a bunch of the characters from the game. And then they're like, oh, yeah. And then we've got this big guy with the hammer and this this uh, woman, uh, this woman flies in with bat wings. And I was like, man, they are D-list characters. <laughs> They've literally introduced those characters to be killed. Nice. Mate, um, that, um, oh, what's his name with the frisbee hat? Kung Lao. That Kung Lao fatality was sick. As as soon as Kung Lao appeared, I was like, if he doesn't kill someone by throwing his hat into the floor and having it spin round, then that is a wasted opportunity. And as soon as he did it, I was like, yeah! I do think Falcon needs to put that shield on his head and and (laughs) use that shield like Liu Kang did, or whatever he called. I was like, Kung Lao, because I was like, yo, this is Captain America, but he's on his head. That was cool. Uh, Can I also ask, why is Goro always given such like reverence? Because he's a bit rubbish, really. Like, got, got, Goro is lit. Got four arms, doesn't he? Basically, <laughs> got four arms. That's it. <laughs> ba- basically, Goro or Prince Goro uh, <laughs> yeah, of on, the. Dan, he's... Of, of, of sorry, the, of I the, was really disrespectful. P- Prince Goro of the Shokran. Uh, basically, <laughs> Shokran. 
Shokran is basically the reason that um, Outworld keep winning the tournament. He is the ah. champion that keeps killing everyone. That's See. why he's given such reverence. It's like he is the unbeatable, like he died Goro. Pre-tournament. Yeah, uh, but he, he got beaten still... by the guy who only discovered his powers mid-fight. I'm, yeah. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure Goro canonically dies more than any other character in Mortal Kombat. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I can't remember. Um, so he's always, you know, they always introduce him every time they reset the Mortal Kombat story. They're like, and you must face Goro, the unstoppable champion. And then you put a hole in his stomach, and it's like, okay, who's next? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There was there was two moments from Kano that genuinely made me and Dan proper laugh, didn't wasn't there, Dan? <laughs> There's a bit where uh, oh, Sonya's like, "Oh, I've not got the tattoo," and then off camera you just see Kano going like, "Where, where?" Like, oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so good, so silly. Yeah. And when he when he called um, Liu Kang a pussy for having like fire hands, <laughs> <laughs> so it's way better than fire hands. You pussy. <laughs> Yeah, when he got his laser, yeah. it's like that's uh, not, it's not relevant. It's like, yeah. He, he so gave the, mu- the much needed comic relief. It yeah. wasn't, uh, yeah. it wasn't Johnny Cash, <laughs> whatever the hell his name is <laughs> this time. Though, you know, big tease at the end. Yeah, I, I, I like this film. It felt like they'd actually made a conscious effort to be like the game it's I, I, I was gonna say i've seen a few people like mortal kombat fans complaining and being like it was absolutely trash and i'm like i don't know what you're expecting if you're expecting like a perfect like tiny detail recreation of the law and taking it all super seriously why were you expecting that yeah, this was always going to be scenes th- yeah this was always going to be a stupid like sort of we've picked the best bits of the lore and made it into this ridiculous film with over-the-top gore and fight scenes. And I love the fact that the film ends and you see all of the dead characters like fade away. And it's like, they're all going to be the back the next yeah. film. They, they've clearly done that because they're like, the well, back. no, what, what, yeah, they're all going to be back the next film because it's like, they're, they're not really dead. It's Mortal Kombat. People die in Mortal Kombat all the time. No one's yeah. ever really gone. I just oh, I, uh, no. all comes back to Star Wars. I just think people, you know, need to be a bit more grateful. <laughs> yeah, because I, yeah. you live in you live in a world where you're all combat game. They've they've got they've took these characters. They've nailed the uh, transition. Everybody's like race accurate to those characters. There was no Christopher Lambert's Raiden. It's very you know every everyone's represented, and they've done it earnestly seriously with good effects fairly decent film like just be a bit <laughs> thankful that he <laughs> exists gonna, i was gonna say <laughs> people are complaining and they're like it was absolutely it was it was terrible it didn't match the games at all and it's like have you watched another video game movie yeah this is this is like up there this, yeah, this is up there as one of the best attempts at a video game movie. I think like, this really benefited from us all coming very fresh off having watched the 95 one because yeah. it's leaps and bounds from that <laughs> film. Like, there's yeah. loads of stuff like that. Like, we get the finish him, we get the give me your souls. Like, there's, there's stuff that even I understood is from the games. It's uh, great, it's fun. Uh, and we even get a flawless victory that was actually a flawless victory. I thought yeah. that. <laughs> and like, the opening, the opening has no English. Great it's Japanese and Chinese uh, Mandarin, nice. and like they even say, I, I can't understand what you're saying, but I'm gonna f-. and like 
I just can't it believe they <laughs> they did that. That it's more combat movies. Uh, they speak their language, like you know. Cool. The soundtrack was like weaved very carefully through. You could hear that little Mortal Kombat theme through, and then the credits hit, and the Mortal Kombat theme remix c- came in, and I was like, "Yes, this is the perfect way to cap off this film." Yeah, and they used they used it like the orchestral version when it's Sub Zero, yeah. the score at the end, and that's a good fight. It's like just can you just. The biggest issue I had with the film was, like Danny mentioned earlier, Cole. Uh, Cole as a main character, he doesn't exist in the games. When he finally does get his power, his power is pretty terrible, um, and is kind of a knockoff of one of the other powers in the game. It's kind of a knockoff of Jax's power, secondary power, but whatever. Um, and. He doesn't. He doesn't really add anything to the story. You could remove him and put Luke Kang in as the main character, and the story kind of remains the same. Can Sonya be the main character? He, yeah, I was gonna say you. You could have literally had anyone. He doesn't really add anything. He is just sort of this bland sort of. He he's basically there to ask the questions. He's basically there to be like, but what is Mortal Kombat? <laughs> but where are we? But what he's he's literally there to ask the questions. And they could have easily had someone else ask the questions. They should <laughs> make it a running a running joke with Jax. Every film, subsequent film, he just keeps on getting his arms ripped off. <laughs> <laughs> and they keep coming back bigger and bigger, <laughs> <laughs> but just ripped off again in every subsequent film. Speaking of Sonya being the main character, that's one thing that. I like, but it would have been nice if they'd given a line to of all these other characters are like, they have to work and train to get their, uh, um, Akuna, was it? Yeah. Akana. Akana. To get their Akana. She gets the mark, comes back in the straight scene, she's got it. It would have yeah. been great if there had been even a line of they go, well, you did that quick. And she went, well, yeah, because I'm clearly the most qualified one to be here. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, that that's another, like... It it's like Kay knows it's another sort of power that in the games she literally has gauntlets that do that. It's it's not something that she nah, can just do herself. Ah, but what I, I I I was willing to let it all slide because they explained it well in the they explained it well. They were like, this is what an Akana is. This is what the uh, this is what the birthmark does. This is how you transfer it between people. And I was like, okay, makes sense to me. But anyway, yeah, there you go. We all seem to enjoy Mortal Kombat for what it was. It was a very silly video game film, and it delivered on being that. Um, I, I do, like I said, I do think it's one of the better video game films that we've had, and they do seem to, you know, with Detective Pikachu, Sonic, and now this, they do seem to be sort of ramping up the quality and trying harder. Yeah, um, at least being a bit more accurate. Yeah, yeah. just just being a bit more accurate as well as. They finally seem to be finding that balance between getting people who don't know the games in and getting people who do know them in and having them both equally appreciate the film for what it is. Hopefully they can find that balance a bit more and we get even better films coming down the line and I'm hoping that Mortal Kombat does well enough to get a sequel. I but anyway, yeah, I'd watch um, a sequel to this. I'd, 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 I'd love yeah, a sequel. Um, yeah, but yeah... You'll have to, down for the channel. <laughs> <laughs> if you made it through this, well done. <laughs> it was a, it was a very big episode. But uh, yeah, if you want to see more like this, then like, subscribe, 
Comment down below. What did you think of the Oscars? What did you think of Mortal Kombat? What did you think of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? Just talk to us. Talk to <laughs> us about all this stuff. Come on. We're, we're very nice. interested in what you guys have to think as well. If there's nothing else to say, which I don't think there is... Then Tune in next week for more, a bit more in-depth Oscar talk, Promising yeah, yeah. Woman, a bit of Invincible talk, Line of Duty talk. Who is who is the fourth man? Who is H? Well, I'll let you know my theories next week. <laughs> <laughs> well, your theories will be confirmed next week. No, it it oh, might be not. confirmed next week. Maybe not. Is James Nesbitt alive? We'll find out next week. I maybe. have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> but thank you all for watching, and we will see you next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs>